One, two, three. Hallelujah! Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Wow. Amen. Just, just as fiery as ever. Amen. Just as fiery as ever. Praise God. Well, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Amen. It's Bible study. Amen. So that's what we're doing. Amen. So we're going to just get ready to get into this. God's got some good things in store for us. Praise God. Amen. All right. Yeah. So we, I'm saying, uh, we going stationary on this camera or are we going, <laughs> I get to moving, but I can, I don't think I've ever preached one sermon without moving. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Um, so you guys doing good today? Amen. Amen. God's already done enough for you to know you've been doing good. Because you're, you're up and your body's working. Amen. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes uh, you might feel little ailments, but I mean, no, you really don't need to complain. Because even if you have some ailments, man, you... You are able to feel that ailment. Just think about that. Think about having a pain in an elm, in a, a area of your body. A pain. And you say, man, I felt that pain. But if you was paralyzed, you wouldn't have even felt it. Amen. You wouldn't even known that you had any pain. And so there's always a way to flip it and be thankful. Amen. And so always be thankful that God's got good in store for you. Uh, I'm going to get into this word tonight entitled Absolute Trust. And so it's Faith Academy, and we know uh, faith, trust, you know, those words are synonymous almost. They, you know, always mean the same thing. And so you could look at that and say, man, I got faith in God. Well, if you say that, that means you trust him. That means you trust him. And so, but absolute trust is important to understand that because sometimes you can trust him in some areas, but then in other areas, be a little hesitant. You know what I mean? In some areas, you could be like, oh, you got this, God. Take it. Go ahead and do your thing. And then some other things, you're like, hmm. You know, well, okay, hold on. Well, you gave everything over here to him so fast. You should not have any area of your life where you're reserved. And so absolute means free from restriction or limitation. And now you have to be willing to lay every area of your life down. How many of y'all here and you say, I'm willing to do that? You have to be willing to lay every area of your life down before God and trust him. So what does that mean? If I lay it down, it's on him. It's not on me. And you know, uh, a lot of times people deal with stress and anxiety and you know, that, that stuff is all based on the unknown, right? You don't know how something's going to turn out. And so there could be something coming up and it's creating, you know, what's the world do? They give us deadlines and they give us all this type of stuff. But how many know God is above all of that? Amen. And, and so if I'm at this place in my life where I have absolute trust in God, then where is there any room for anxiety? 
Anxious about what? What's the worst thing that can happen? Oh, you died? Well, how many know you just got promoted? You, you went to heaven. So when you give your life to Jesus, there's no more losing. There's no more losing. But the enemy always tries to trick you into think, uh, taking things into your own hands and keeping things in the power of yourself. And so absolute. That's what we want to make sure that we're doing. We want to have absolute trust in God. Now, once again, you're willing to lay everything down before God. You're laying it down at his feet. And you're saying, you know what, Lord, I'm going to lay it down. See, some people lay things down, but then they, they want to question them all day. Amen. That's like a kid, right? If you tell your kid you're going to do something. But then, how I many know you get kind of upset if the kid keeps asking you, like, every five minutes? Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Man, I already told you. Now, you keep asking me. We're not going to do it. Amen? Amen. And that's the way it is with God. You say you trust him, but then you lay things down at his feet, but then you keep on Going back to that thing, you keep on uh, stressing on you keep on. And so really you haven't laid it down. And so you have to be the one that recognizes that. And so you have to be willing to lay everything down before him and trust him. And now this is even if things don't make sense, even if things don't make sense or seem like now emphasize seem like. Have you guys ever been in a situation where some seem like it wasn't working for you and then God flipped it? Amen. Seemed like it wasn't going your way. Seemed like, and then all of a sudden he flipped it. And so just because it seems like, and so now if I've laid it down before God, even if things don't make sense or seem like they are working out for me, I still got to trust them. I say, oh, I'm just going to trust you. You know, it didn't seem like things were going the way Jesus thought they should go. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, things didn't seem like because otherwise he wouldn't have been sweating blood. How many of y'all been stressing that much where you've been sweating blood? Come on. I I don't think we have anybody because that amount of stress would probably give somebody a heart attack. If you really think about it. So we haven't been on that level of stress. Well, that's Jesus. And Jesus was enduring. And he said, if there's another way, remove this cup from me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So really, I trust you. I know that your way is the best way. And so um, I want us to go to Job. We can learn a lot about Job. And a lot of times people mention uh, the, the trials that Job went through. But there are some things that we can learn from him and to help us even bring correction to ourselves. Amen. And so remember, we're trusting God, even if it seems like things aren't going your way. Even if it seems like, ah, oh, man, I just don't understand this, or this should have been fixed by now, or this, whatever it is. No, absolute trust prevents you from stepping into that place of worrying. And then now you have to be very careful about this whole worrying, because sometimes people can worry a little bit, but the enemy will use even a little bit to use that against you, and that'll take you further away from God than you want it to be, because that little bit of worry can turn into murmuring and complaining. And now you're not only unhappy with your current situation, but now you're complaining about your God. And then that complaining can go into some questions. I've been telling you guys for years, God is not the one that you ask why. You don't ask him that. You got to just trust him. 
you got to surrender and say, my life is in your hands. And so Job 13, 15 through 16, let's look at that in the King James. Though he slay me. So this is what Job said. Now, Job is dealing with a bunch of naysayers and a bunch of uh, double minded people, you know, people who are, uh, you know, he 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 more or less emphasizes that they're hypocrites. But, you know, we we understand we, we learn about what Job went through. And and yeah, we know that he says in Job 325, the thing that I feared has come upon me. We understand that. But we also must understand that Job was a just man. Job was not playing when it came to God. And Job had all this stuff going on and he had so many people trying to get him to speak against God and all this type of stuff. But Job was steadfast. And so though he slayed me. So what this means is even if he kills me. See, it's like, man, you got all this stuff going on, man. Don't seem like your God is coming through for you. And that's what the world will say. Wow, why you, you know, you still believe in God? You still, come on, somebody. They'll say all kind of stuff. You still, you know, you still going to church. You still doing all this stuff. Don't seem like, you know, doesn't seem like your God is coming through for you. But when you have absolute trust, you'll be able to say, I don't care what it looks like. As a matter of fact, let me tell you, I don't care if nothing changes. I'm going to die believing this. See, you have to take the, exit clause off of your faith. You can never have a way out of trusting God. If you have a back door that you can go through, you're not with God 100. But you need to be with God in a way that I'm out here. And if you don't hold me, I'm going to drown. And I'm fine with drowning because I'm going to be with you anyway. You see what I'm saying? But see, a lot of times people have conditions and that's why we have so many highs and lows in Christianity. It's because people aren't really and truly living sacrificially. They're living in that place where they want God to fix things and do all this stuff, but they're not at that place where they've completely surrendered and given all. You understand your life is not your own. Amen. And so when you can live like that, Now God can introduce you to greater things. So sacrificial living is supernatural living. Sacrificial living is supernatural living. Because now you get exposed to things that, oh wow, I had no idea God was going to work it out like that. And then God will have you meet people you had no idea you would ever meet them. You'll cross paths. There's so many wonderful things that can be done, but it will only happen If you sacrifice, if you lay out and it's not me, it's just all God. And so Job said, though he slayed me. So what does this mean? God has nothing to prove to me. See, this is what Job was saying. And I wish we had more of this in our world today. And I think that it needs to be emphasized more. Yeah, you know, God will bless you and he can do all these things for you. But a lot of times people spend a great majority of their time asking God to fix their lives instead of asking God to help them fully surrender to his divine purpose for their lives. Amen. So don't just ask God to fix your life. Ask God to help you fully surrender 
to his divine purpose for your life. And so you're just going along his path, along his plan, flowing in the plan of God. And that's where you start to experience supernatural encounters. You know, you can't make miracles happen. You can't just say, well, I'm going to do this right now and I'm going to just speak a miracle in this situation. I want a miracle. You, you just can't just jumpstart this stuff. But if you would be surrendered and flowing in God's flow and not your own, Hallelujah. boy, you'd be exposed to so many things. You'll find you'll be able to look back at your life and say, man, look at all. This is man. This is amazing how God has done this. He's done that. And. It will just keep on adding up. And so, once again, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I, what? Trust in him. So how are you going to trust him if you, though he slays me, yet will I trust him? So even if he kills me, I'm going to trust him. What's the devil going to do with that? Like, oh, man, I, there ain't nothing I can do to get you mad. I'm trying to get you mad at God. I can't do nothing. You talking about he can kill you and you still, what? This makes no sense. I got to, there's got to be a way I can get you to get all riled up about your God. Amen. Mm-mm. And he says, but I will maintain my own ways before him. And so what he's saying is, I'm going to maintain my ways, meaning I'm going to keep myself correct, but I'm also I'm going to state my case. And so what Job was saying is, I'm going to let God know, though, that I've been doing right. Oh, come on, y'all. See, people got to catch that with Job. Yeah, I'm going to let God know, though. I just, I've been doing right. You see, some of you, you got to be at that place where you can go to God and say, God, you can, you know, just check me out. Go ahead and just check me out. Because I'm not hiding nothing. And then next verse. Verse 16, he says, he also shall be my salvation. And then he, look at this. For a hypocrite shall not come before him. Hallelujah. Man, you got so many of these people, man, talking about they love God and they with God and they're hypocrites. But Job said, I haven't heard nobody preach this part about Job. We preach a lot of things about Job, but Job is straight out calling people out. A hypocrite ain't going to go before him. But what I'm going to do, even though it seems like everything's going wrong and all this type of stuff. And y'all trying to tell me that I ought to curse him anyway. Even Job's wife said, you ought to just curse God and die. He, well, basically, he said, I'm going to maintain my way. So I'm going to stay 100. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Amen. I'm going to stay 100 with God. I'm not going to compromise I don't want to be able to stand up before my God. But then he says, and he's my salvation. But he says, a hypocrite shall not come before him. So he's telling you, I'm going before him. So what is he telling you? I ain't no hypocrite. Oh, come on, y'all. See, I'm, I'm going before him. But I ain't no hypocrite. And see, hypocrites don't win on either side of it. They can't win with God. They can't win with devil, the devil. Because they're not committed to nothing. Amen. But when you commit it, then now, I mean, you know, when you commit it to God, you have committed to victory. Because God. God doesn't lose. Yeah. But you have to commit to God without conditions. Mm-hmm. You say, oh, it doesn't matter. You don't have to prove nothing or do nothing for me. I'm just committed. I'm just 100. And so 
uh, he says, the hypocrite shall not come before him. And so I will mind my way. So I'm going to keep my way. And a hypocrite shall not come before him. So we understand this about Job. Job was 100. So you want to talk about somebody that's 100? You know you're 100 when you face adversity. Oh, come on. A lot of people are, oh, I'm 100 for God, man, 100. Okay. Let's see what happens when a trial comes your way. Let's see when you go through something. Where you at? You know, if you're really 100 with God, you're going to do the same thing that you were doing for God when you wasn't going through nothing. Oh, come on, somebody. And when you start going through something, you're still doing the same thing. And so actually people that, unless you told them, they don't know whether you're going through something or not. Can I get an amen right there? They don't know if you're going through or if you're on the mountaintop. They have no clue because you're consistent. You're keeping it 100. Come on, y'all don't know what I'd be going through in my life because I don't change what I do. I'm not giving you a word because I'm in the valley. Now I got a valley word for you. The, that, those are the people that are hypocrites Amen. that can't even go before God because your behavior, everything, everybody can tell you're going through it. Yeah. So what's wrong with you? See, if people are asking you what's wrong with you, you're missing the mark, man. Hallelujah. You're missing the mark. If people got to ask you, oh, man, what, see, well, what's wrong with you today? You're wearing it. You're wearing it all over yourself. That's not what you're supposed to be wearing. You're supposed to be the same. Day in, day out. You got everything going right for you. Somebody says, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed of the Lord. You got all hell breaking out against you. Somebody say, how you doing? I'm blessed of the Lord. It does not matter what season you might be in because of your absolute trust in God. You don't waver. You don't change. Amen. And this is what God is looking for in people. And he wants us to be 100 with him. Like Job, no matter what he went through, he knew this is what he knew. He knew that God was God. Amen. And I think sometimes people forget that. They know God as God when they need something. They know God as God, you know, when they're at church. But God is God all the time. Amen. And God don't have to explain nothing to you. Amen. God don't have to get no permission from you. Uh, so when you know, like Job knew, God is God and God is God all the time. Amen. I'm going through all this stuff and it, I don't even know where it came from. This is crazy. This don't even seem fair. But God is God. God. You know what happened to Job? He came out with double than what he had. And so we have to be of that persuasion that, you know what, man, I'm trusting him. I don't care. And if you are able to clearly state that and believe it, the devil will mess with you a little less because he realizes I cannot move this one. Amen. They just keep on praising God. I just can't seem to move them off of this thing. Now go to Proverbs, Proverbs 3. We go here all the time, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the message. I want to look at in the message today. So, um, in the message translation, it says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. 
So what I've learned is I don't really need to figure out anything. So why do I need to figure it out if I'm trusting God? But what I do have to learn how to do is stay in that place where he's God and I'm not. Because that means I'll depend on him. And it's really not trying to figure out anything. It's just getting the answers that he wants to give you and doing what he tells you to do. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Next verse. Listen. Look at your neighbor and say, listen. Okay. Listen for God's voice in every... Y'all, y'all in here with me? In everything you do? Like, wait a minute, Pastor. I mean, does it have to be like that? Is it, is it that serious? I'm telling you it is. I'm telling you it's that serious. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. Imagine that. Everywhere you go. Now, God is omnipresent. So God is everywhere. But some people take that too far and they say, well, God's in the trees. God's in. No, no, no. God's in me. I'm the temple of the living God, but I can't go nowhere and be outside of his presence. And so I can't be in those situation where I'm not able to listen to God. See, people get themselves in trouble because they start going places they tell themselves to go and they start. uh, Let me help you guys. Let me know the devil knows how to get in your prayer life. Okay. Did y'all hear me? God can get in your, God is in there, but the devil can get in your prayer life. And so what does this mean? You can have something you want to change. You can have a desire. You can be doing all this praying and your prayer can be manipulated by your soul. Amen. And so guess what your soul is going to direct you to? Every scripture you need to confirm what you want to do. Amen. And you're going to say, I got the word on it. It might be the word, but was that a spirit led word or was that your soul? Because after all, I want to get married anyway. So I believe this is of the Lord. (laughs) And you're going to find every scripture that verifies. And y'all, y'all, did you guys know the devil knows the Bible? He knows the word. You know, he started quoting Psalm 91 on Jesus, right? So he knows the word. So we have to be now when I'm living sacrificially. There's no manipulation. Just your perfect will, Lord, that's it. No agendas. No, I mean, imagine that living your life without any agendas. I'm just living for God. Sacrificially. I'm only going to do what he tells me. I'm only going to say what he tells me to say. This is what I'm doing. This is what I've committed to. And so listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who what? He's the one who will keep you on track. Not yourself, not friends, family, anybody else, but God. God is the one that is going to keep you on track. Now, what track is he going to keep you on? No, see, he's going to keep you on the track that he has for you. So God has a track for all of us. God has all of us on a track, a path of life that is preordained by him. 
do you know that God is not still trying to figure out what to do with you? God is not God the Father and, and the Holy Ghost and Jesus are not just having meetings like, well, well, let's, well, let's see what ha- Hopefully now, let's see what happens. It's already preset. And so if I understand that, that there's a path that is preordained by him, he's not figuring it out. He already knows it. Amen. But now... It's up to us who surrender to it. Amen. So go to Ephesians, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verse 7. So he says, Ephesians 2, verse 7 through 10 in the message. He says, um, y'all got that? Ephesians. Ephesians. Yeah, 2, verse 7. Now, God has us where he wants us. You see that? God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. And then uh, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from the start, from start to finish. And we'll keep going. We don't play a major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging what we'd done or that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Jesus Christ or by Christ Jesus so we can join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do Work we had better be doing. And so what this is emphasizing, the, the message puts a lot of extra words in there to give you an understanding of it. But what he's saying is God made you. Amen. God knows what he's doing. Even salvation. Salvation is God's work, not your work. And so you can't brag about it. You can't do anything like that. But it's to help us to understand that there is a plan. And so in the, uh, I believe um, verse 10 and maybe... King James and one of the other ones, but we are his masterpiece, God's masterpiece. And so if I understand this, like God did not just throw me together. There it is in the NLT. But we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so this is no new plan. You're just walking it out. And so now if I understand this, God's got a track that he's got me on. Now, some people make this mistake of saying, well, clearly I had to go this road and that road because that was God's plan for me. But not everything that happens to us in our lives is the will of God. I can speak for myself. It was not the will of God for me to be a knucklehead for so many years. I'm just I'm just being honest that that was not the, that was not God's plan. That was not a part of his divine plan. Well, well, what do you mean? I mean, God knows everything. So it was, you know, it must have been meant for you to, you know, almost have your life taken and all these. All, it must have been meant for that to happen. No, because God's plans are perfect. So he didn't have I didn't have to uh, 
have this experience or that experience just to get to where God wants me to be. But a lot of time gets wasted because of my failure to submit to God's plan. See, and so sometimes things will happen and you find yourself in a situation that's not good and you're going through some things. And yes, God's grace can abound and he can turn things around, but it doesn't mean he meant to send you there. Amen. And so people make that mistake. Not everything that happens in our lives is the will of God. Sometimes we get off track and experience the wilderness. And so we know this is true. It was not God's will for the children of Israel to be in the wilderness for 40 years. That was never his plan. But because of their disobedience and because they failed to live sacrificially, even though they did experience some supernatural things, they spent a lot of time. They just wasted a lot of time. And I look back at my life and I'm, I, I'm, I'm like, wow, I can't change it now. But I'm like, dang, I wish I had known some of this stuff. Amen. Like, where could I be if I would grabbed a hold of this when I was 15 years old? What could my life have amounted to? But instead, you have so many of us that have had so many. We've had to just be saturated with so much grace just to make it. You know? So the, the way I teach it is I want you to know what God's truth is really about. He has a plan for you that he had before he put you in the earth. Amen. But you've gone some different roads and different routes, not because of him. Come on now. now you're alive and well and able to come back because of the grace of God. Praise God. But not, well, you know, I was meant to. Because people have had some rough experiences, uh, gotten, you know, in, involved with situations and people. And they're, they're just terrible. Amen. And they maybe got out of it, but they can't look back at their lives and say, well, this was a part of, you know. No. I know God led me down there. God led you down to Egypt like that. OK, <laughs> I don't believe so. Amen. Amen. And so um, if we understand God's plan for us is still perfect. So look at your name and say, God's got a perfect plan for me. Man, this thing is so perfect that you'll never, y'all okay with this, you'll never meet anybody that you were not supposed to meet. Uh, You'll never talk to a person that you were not supposed to talk to. Like when I'm, if, if I really understand this, I'm, I'm committed to God's plan. I'm, I'm living this thing out sacrificially. I'm not in the way. Now, remember, I said earlier, sacrificial living is supernatural living. And so when I'm living my life sacrificially, then all of a sudden I'm on God's track, not mine. Then I can start to understand that every single thing. One thing I learned to do early on in my Christian walk. Well, I don't know how early on it was. It probably took a long time. But somewhere in there, I learned that, okay, if things maybe happened in a day and I didn't think like they turned out the best or the way I wanted, then I would ask myself, did you submit yourself to God? So I, I have a habit. I'm, I'm a, a creature of habit, but I have a habit of praying, as I've told you guys all these years, that sacrificial prayer. I present my, that Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so 
if I present myself as a living sacrifice, so let's say something happens in that day and I didn't think it was something that, you know, was good or whatever, then I would ask myself, well, did you sacrifice yourself before God? And then it was just easier for me to trust him and to say, okay, well, then certain things happen. Now, the Holy Spirit will help you because he'll remind you. Just because you surrender and you start out your day by presenting yourself as a living sacrifice doesn't mean throughout the day you can get up. Right? Right. So as I'm teaching through this word tonight, it's like we could start out with good intentions, but we have to have follow through. And so one thing you have to learn about God is God knows what he's doing. Like God's not trying to figure out anything. And then the thing with God is there is no sense of urgency. Amen. So what does that mean? He's above time. And so in the world, people say, you've got to, you know, you better hurry up or you got to. There's pressure. Well, what I've learned is in the kingdom, there's no pressure. Amen. Because if I have pressure on me, then now I'm the king. And I'm running my own program. But if I am, if I don't have any pressure that's on God. So what does that mean? Like, think about it. How many of you can control whether or not you're going to wake up tomorrow? When you go to sleep tonight, can you guarantee it? Can you say, uh, for sure, that's it. I'm waking up tomorrow. You can have an intention, but you really don't think about it. But you trust God. And, and how many of you guys go to sleep and you say, well, I'm having trouble sleeping. I just, Ooh, I keep tossing and turning. Well, what, what you doing? I just don't, I'm just worried about waking up tomorrow. I just, I just don't, I, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. You don't even think about it. It's not even what you do. But there could be another problem. And that thing's got you going. But God's in control of waking you up. He's the same God that's in control of your situation. As long as you let him have it. But if you don't let him have it, then now you're going to be dealing with it and you're going to be feeling all this pressure and all this type of stuff. And so if we know that God has a perfect plan for us, then we must be willing to submit our lives wholeheartedly. So what does that mean? Submit your life wholeheartedly and then follow his lead. So you're not leading God anywhere. I just, you know, God, be with me over here. God's like, I'm with you when you go where I tell you. Amen. Oh, I, I know that, Lord, but I, you know, because I, because I'm, you know, I got discernment too. <laughs> and so I, you know, I felt like, and as people get themselves in trouble, I felt like the Lord said, well, if you say you felt like it, it probably wasn't him. It was you because Amen. God ain't in feelings. God will say some stuff that don't feel right. It ain't going to line up to you. That's why I told you guys in one of these messages, I don't listen to people and I don't listen to myself. Because I I will be, honestly, myself, I'll be playing stuff back and forth and I'll come out with, you know, I can be double-minded in my own self. But I have been able to advance in life because I say, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing anyway. So God is going to be on you. So you just let me know what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it, how we're supposed to do it. That's what I'm going to do. 
I'm not coming up with no other solutions. And what I've learned with God is it doesn't take a lot of, like people come up with all this uh, sackcloth and ashes. You know, that's what they used to do before Jesus. Remember the, the prophets and the sackcloth and ashes and they had to go into this, you know, and uh, rent their clothes and all this. Ah, it was such an anguish. Well, Jesus died so that we can enter in to fellowship. So think about this. If I'm communing with my God, that commune, cornonia, I'm communing with him. I'm just in a constant communication. There, there's not a time that you're supposed to turn that off. So if I'm in that, when do I jump in the sackcloth and ashes? When do I jump in the, ah, you know, that's what, the, that's what those prophets that was trying to compete with Elijah, and they was coming up, and Elijah was saying, you know what, you know, you guys remember the story. And, or maybe it been Elisha, which I get them mixed up sometimes. But basically, is he was like, okay, call on your God. Well, their God wasn't answering. And them people, man, they got to cutting themselves. And ah, I mean, no cutting yourself ain't going to get God to answer. If he ain't there, he ain't there. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's not there, he's not there. So all this religious stuff don't really matter. I just need to be... Living sacrificially. Yeah. Praise God. Sacrificial living is supernatural living. Amen. So I don't have to grope and, you know, groping is like trying to find your way through the dark. Mm-hmm. Trying to grab for stuff you can't see. But God says that he will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you shall go. Amen. God says that his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Yeah. He says he'll make your way straight. He'll make that way so clear for you. But you're not going to be able to experience that if you don't sacrifice. Because if you don't sacrifice, you're going to be in that sense realm. You're going to be like, well, that's not really what I wanted to do. What you want to do doesn't really matter. All that matters is what's God's will. What's God's plan? And so... His plan for us is perfect, but we must be willing to submit our lives wholeheartedly and follow his lead. Now, let me help you with this. Prayer is not an opportunity for us to instruct God. Amen. Come on now. Man, it's kind of funny that we even have to say things like this. Prayer is not an opportunity for us to instruct God. So a lot of times people go to God in prayer about something, but all they're doing is telling God what to do. If you're telling him what to do, why don't you just do it? Amen. God, you need to do this. You need to do that. God can say, well, why don't you do it? And so that's not the way we're to posture ourselves. Prayer is not an opportunity for us to instruct God. Go to Psalm 37, Psalm 37, 5 through 7 in the message. So this is what you're supposed to do with God. It says, open up before God. Now, even though God is a God who sees everything, he knows everything, you still have a free will. So he knows, like, people, we can lie to each other. And most of us wouldn't know if you're telling the truth or not. But God knows right away. Amen. 
And so he says, open up before God. What does it say? Keep nothing back. Now, this is that surrender. This is that sacrificial living. This is that stuff Jesus was talking about. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross daily. And so open up before God. Keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. You see that? He'll do it. God's got some work that he will do, but you've got to surrender. He'll do what needs to be done. He'll validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. As long as you be doing right. As long as you be doing right, God's going to validate you. And then uh, next verse, he says. Look at your name and say, you need to start doing this. Quiet down before God. What does that mean? Like if we study like prayer and, you know, sometimes like Jesus, when Jesus would go away and pray, we might think that Jesus was over there doing all this talking. Like what if you're in a conversation with someone? And you're the only one talking. Is that a conversation? No, it's not really a conversation if. You're on the phone with someone and the only person talking is you. So you're not having a conversation. You're just reciting stuff. Well, when it comes to God, sometimes people think that they're supposed to go to God and they're supposed to just tell God all this stuff. You're supposed to be open. You're supposed to be honest. You're supposed to be pure before God. But then you need to quiet down before God. Sometimes you just got to sit there before God and not say anything. Amen. 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 Oh, no, I don't know. That's, whew, I don't, man, I don't know if I could be quiet that long. Well, you need some help. Because if we're going to God and, and, and we're the only ones talking, then we're only hearing ourselves. That's the only one we hear. And that's why I told you you got to watch out because the devil knows how to get in your prayer life because that'll be your soul talking and it's what you want anyway. And so then guess what? You're going to get all these scriptures. You're going to get all this revelation. It wasn't God because God's like, I'm just, you know, I'm just waiting for a chance to talk, but you never gave me a chance. But now you're on this mission of what you see. That's how people make mistakes. But if we quiet down before God, be prayerful before him. Sometimes prayer is just not necessarily all words. It's just like it's a it's a posture of worship. Amen. It's just like I, I love you, Lord, and ah, just, you know, thank you. Thank you Jesus. And it's not even because a lot of times the answers that we get. They come at unconventional times. That happens for me all the time. I might pray about something, but then I go on about life. And then I get an answer just dropped in on me. And it was an, an answer to a prayer that I had presented, but I didn't just, you know. So that means God could do it whenever he wants. Amen. And so quiet down before God, be prayerful, prayerful before him. Don't bother with those. Now, this is a problem. This is where people get themselves in trouble. It's the enemy of comparison. And so you think you're supposed to be a certain, at a certain place in your life, 
because of somebody you know, they're in a place of life like that. And you have all this comparison, but it's one track. You got a track that God has for you. God's got a track for Pastor Troy. I'm not supposed to be comparing where you are on your track, where I'm at on my track. I don't really care where you are on your track. I just need to make sure I'm where God wants me to be. And people get themselves in trouble because they're comparing. Or they, they use other measurements. Well, I'm this age. I should have this much by now. Says who? Or I should have already, this should have had, if it should it have, if it should have, why didn't it? Well, because I feel like I was cheated out of this. Well, can they cheat God? Can they rob God? Does God make any mistakes? So if you think something is supposed to have happened already and it has not happened, then maybe if you ask God, he might say, because I don't have that for you right now. And really, the main reason I didn't even uh, let you get that is because you ain't ready. Because you still haven't learned how to be quiet before me. You still haven't learned to take your eyes off of your neighbors and your cousins and everybody else. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. God could say some stuff like that. Amen. And, and, but we got to learn to back out and say, no. I'm, I am where I'm supposed to be. Because that's what God said. Amen. I have what I'm supposed to have. Oh, see, y'all. Amen. I have what I'm supposed to have right now. Because that's what God said. Amen. Now, you can say things like that with confidence as long as you can check the boxes that, yeah, I'm, I'm yielded, surrendered, I'm, I'm fully. I will be uh, honest, I've gotten in God's way a lot of times. Amen. Especially even in church. I thought the church was supposed to be something already, something different. But there's things I had to learn. There's... Yeah. Uh, maturity that had to happen in me. There's different things. So you can request a level up from God that you know nothing about. See, you might pay attention to the benefits of that next level, but none of us ever consider the opposition that comes with that next level. And so we could all say, well, I want this next level of finances, but none of us ever consider the attack of the enemy or the, the, the strategies of the devil. None, none of us really consider those things. We say, I just, I want to be on this level. I'm ready to be in the million flow. But no one really considers the other things that come with that. And so we could even make the mistake of saying, well, you know, the devil's been robbing from me. Well, how is, let me ask you this. How is he robbing from you? So you, does that mean God is allowing the devil to steal from you? So you say, I I should have had this by now, but the devil jacked me. Really? (laughs) So that means he's found some kind of way to get around that shield of favor that God's got on your life. He found some way to get around. He he found some way to get around Malachi 3.11. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He found some way to get around all of that to jack you. No, what has happened is you might have had some wilderness experience because you didn't do what God said. But if I know that I'm doing what God says, then in his timing, 
Everything is going to be just so for me. Amen. I don't have to rush it. I don't have to delay it. Because I'm on his track. Uh-huh. Now, I've decided myself and God's helped me not to say I'm perfect. I'm learning just like y'all. But I've, I've come to the conclusion that I don't want to waste no more time. Amen. I said, Lord, I just don't want to be wasting time. You know what I mean? I, I just rather listen and get this thing right because I don't want to be like, OK, yeah, your grace was sufficient. But dang, man, I wasted a year. Amen. I'm not trying to waste, you know, stuff like that. So the way that I've found to be able to do it is just. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Now, sometimes people think that's a cop out because they think, well, you know what? You don't have no faith, brother. No, faith is being able to hear and listen and do it. If he says walk straight, turn right and then go three steps and turn left. How many know that takes faith to follow those instructions? Because if you don't have faith, you're going to try to figure it out. Well, step, wait, three steps. What is what's around there? You know, I just try to get out of that. I said, Lord, I just want to just do whatever and I'm just going to be obedient the whole way. Living this life sacrificially, trusting God all the way. And so uh, Psalm 37, five through seven. Did we look at that? We did. did? Let me look at that again real quick. (laughs) I probably need something else out of that. Thirty seven, five through seven. Okay, quiet down before God, be prayerful before. Okay, this why I was I had kind of stopped on this. Don't bother with those who climb up the ladder. See that? That's what the world does. Don't bother with those who climb up the ladder. Let me help you guys to understand kingdom promotion. Kingdom promotion requires no physical effort on your part. Okay. Kingdom promotion requires no physical effort on your part. It requires obedience. And so what does this mean? I don't have to outwork you to get this promotion. Amen. Oh, y'all didn't get. I don't have to outwork you to get this promotion. All I got to do is be fully submitted to my God. Because promotion comes from not the east or the west, but it comes from God who puts up one. Come on, somebody. And, oh, man, let me give you all this bonus scripture. Psalm 70, 75. So kingdom promotion requires no physical effort. There are no numbers for you to hit. There's no stats. There's none of that stuff that the world gives you. They're going to give you charts. They're going to give you stats. They're going to give you all this stuff that you got to do to get this promotion. Oh, man, really? Pastor? Yeah, that's I'm, I'm that's I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just telling you the way it is. There's two systems. This world system and the kingdom of God. And so when I understand how the kingdom of God works, it's for promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. Next verse. But God is the judge. Oh, y'all in here with me. He puts down one. Y'all in here. I'm just man. I want to get this. Good night. What I got to be tussling for? What I got to be, oh, this is, you know, because you know it's very, com- it's very competitive up in here, man. It ain't competitive in the kingdom. The kingdom is all purpose driven. It ain't no, com- as a, this is competitive. What, me and you competing against each other? Not if we're in the kingdom. We're going to be where God says we're going to be. And, but what God will do for those that live sacrificially, they start to experience this supernatural life. So like I said, I've said it, 
uh, multiple times through this message, sacrificial living is supernatural living. So what does that mean? That means you can get promoted without having the numbers that re- are required for your promotion. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That means you can get the house without the qualifications required. Oh, man. The church. You can get stuff without meeting the requirements necessary because you've submitted to a higher kingdom. God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. God can take somebody and move them out just so you can be moved in. But this is supernatural. You can't, you ain't going to be able to go over there and move them out. Then uh, some of you people, you know, some of these Christians is confused in their, their spiritual spirituality and they start using stuff wrong. And they say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get them up out of there in the name of Jesus. And you trying to cast somebody out. You might cast somebody out so you can step in. And then next thing you know, you trying to get out. Where God is taking you, you don't have to kick nobody out to get that. You let him do it. You say, I'm walking through. Come on, somebody. I open doors that no man can shut. So what do I do with an open door? I walk through it. I don't kick it down. I don't make a door. I just go through the one he opens for me. And that's a part of his perfect plan. Amen. Amen. And so. If I've got a complete understanding of this, then now this is going to position me to be in a place where, like I said earlier, quiet down before God. Then Psalm 37, 7 in the NLT. Let's look at that real quick. So then what will I be able to do? What does that say? Man, But where? Oh, man. Be still in the presence. So. That's that fellowship. That's that behind the veil. That's the inner core. Beyond the inner core, that's behind the veil. I'm not doing no religious stuff. I'm no, I'm in his presence. I'm I'm in that communion now. And now he says, be still in the presence of the Lord and what? Why is like waiting? Let me let me help you know, know something about the kingdom. Waiting is easy. You know why? Because time is not a thing in the kingdom. Amen. So it's just perfect will. It's, it's no issue. It's not like, oh, this is taking me so long to. If it's taking you so long to do something, you are not doing it in the kingdom. Because when it's kingdom, you never say it's taking me so long to get to this point. You know what people do in the world? Well, I've been doing this for so many years. You sure have. But when you start to transition into a kingdom mindset, you don't say how long you've been doing it. Amen. Amen. You hear these preachers all the time. I've been preaching for 50 years. I I never say how long I've been preaching. How many times you guys heard me say how long I've been preaching? I don't get up and say, you know, I've been preaching this gospel for 25 years. Like, do you really care? You don't care how long I've been preaching. It's irrelevant. Are you preaching Rama or not? Praise God. 
Maybe you've been doing it for 50 years, but I'm interested in tonight. Is it a rhema word for me tonight? Well, all these things, this time and all this stuff doesn't matter. I'll be able to be still. He says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. See, don't worry about everybody else. Evil people that's doing what they do. That's why, to me, I have no concern. Well, you know, the world is going this way and that way. It doesn't bother me. Because I'm on God's track. God knows how long he's got me here on this earth. He knows what he's got for me. I'm not worried about it. Can't nobody stop God's plan for me except me. And I've decided that I'm going to get out of his way. And so now you can be still because you'll know no matter what, God's got this. So anything that you could face in your life, you got to be able to rest comfortably. You got to be able to say, God's got it. So when you're not worried about something, you're, you're like, you can relax. You ever felt yourself like really relax? And then maybe you've been in the other side of it where you try to relax and you can't. Amen. Amen. I mean, just because you're in the bed don't mean you're getting some good sleep. You could be up in that bed, but you ain't getting no good sleep. Because your body is laying down, but your mind is rolling. Them wheels are turning. Well, if their wheels are turning, see, God knows that you need sleep and he doesn't. And so you're in the bed and you're like, your wheels are turning, 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 turning. What you say? Well, I'm in the bed. Well, God is like, yeah, but you're created in my image, but you still need sleep. But when I roll every care over to him. You guys ever seen a baby sleep? Isn't it interesting how a baby could fall out like sleep, like in the middle of just like was just laughing, just like just uh-huh. they was just into it. And then boom. I'm out there visiting my grandson and I'm holding him. I was just talking to him and I'm holding him and, you know, and I just start talking to, I don't know, talking to somebody or something and look over, he bam, like, bruh, just like that. But because they don't worry about anything. See, our minds, as we mature, then our minds get in our way because we know so much, we think too much. So if you didn't know a lot of the stuff, you know, you wouldn't be thinking about half the stuff you think about because you wouldn't know it. It wouldn't even be up there nowhere. You would not even be able to think that at all. And that's what goes on with babies. Well, we want to be in that place where we trust God with that absolute trust. We're not worried about it. And we'll understand that. I didn't lay down this track for myself. Now, if you're on your own path and and you're a self-made person and all that, then you ought to be stressing. But if you belong to God and you could say with all confidence, I'm not in charge of my life. And that's why a lot of, uh, you know, new age minded people, they think Christianity is a crutch. We've even had some haters comment on some of our stuff. They say, you Christians are weak people. Because we emphasize the fact that we depend on God. Well, people out there, they say, God doesn't do anything. You have to do it. He don't do nothing for you. (laughs) So you better keep working. But for me, I've seen him do so many things. And he's taking care of some wonderful things. And so let's close right here. Romans 828 NLT. Be confident in this. We'll close. 
And we know that God causes everything. So now, remember, I've, I've surrendered. I've, I've gotten out of God's way. I'm not trying to push my agenda. I'm not trying to push my way. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to what? To what your family said you should do, to what everybody, to what you said you should do, to, to what type of career path you chose. No, according to his purpose. Amen. And so you want to make sure that you're living your life in a way that is pleasing to him and that it's God's plan. And in that way, you'll get to experience those supernatural blessings that God has for you along the way. There's not going to be any people that are surrendered to God that are actually out there complaining like, oh, man, my life sucks. Those of us that really commit, we're like, this is good. I'm, I'm, because God will help you. He'll help you to see the good in all these things. And, and you won't be anxious. You won't be like things will change for you. Stuff that used to matter to you. Now, I've said this and I'll, I'll keep saying it. The way it works with money and stuff, you get more of it when you stop thinking about it. Because money is not that big of a deal to God. God is more interested in obedience. And so you'll find yourself, you won't be longing after things. And it's not that you're going to go without, you're going to have some good stuff. God takes pleasure in our prosperity. He wants to bless us abundantly, but he does not want us chasing after anything. If I'm chasing after some, believe me, God don't want me to catch it. But whatever God has for me, it's going to flow right into my life. It's going to be beautiful. And I ain't got to fight nobody to get it. And nobody can take it. Amen. Amen. And so let's just be in that place where we are, as a people, living with absolute trust. And we don't allow anything to move us. And so I believe there should be a zero stress level in the church. That's what I believe. It doesn't mean that you detach yourself and say, I don't care. No, God's got it. Well, how come you're not uptight? Because God's got it. If God tells me I ain't got this no more, then I'll start worrying. But as long as I know he's got it, I'm just going to flow. And I believe this is going to be, uh, it's what's going to lead to a better health in the church and stuff like that. People's bodies start functioning the way God created them. A lot of this stress and a lot of this stuff is jacking up your insides. It's affecting all this mess is is bringing about inflammation in your body. It's doing all this stuff. But when I'm released like that, man, stuff starts flowing. And you just calm. You're just like, whoo. And you're going to see your life get better. Amen. Go ahead and clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Let's close in prayer. And we'll walk out of here in power. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for meeting us here tonight. We thank you for your word. We know your word is the final authority. Thank you that you've empowered us to simply trust you and believe in your power and to walk with you every day. I'm praying right now, maybe you're watching this and you don't know Jesus as Lord, but we want to invite you into this family. It's the greatest family that you can ever become a part of, but you must be willing to just surrender and let God have his way. And so church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, 
I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God.